Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. I am with Leslie Bandy yet again because I messed up and somehow deleted the last time that we did this and it was such a good interview. And I had to humbly reach out and ask if we could do it again. But part of me was happy because that means I get to talk to Leslie Bandy in my house again over Zoom. Um, I know you from Hello Hollywood Hello. And I um, admit that I had like a weird celebrity crush on you because of how beautiful you were on stage and also your ballet training. Because I think my thoughts of what... um, the production company was, I had no idea there would be ballet at that caliber with these beautifully trained ballet dancers. So that was why I would just watch you from the wings of of your technique, but also that you had that amazing stage presence, which I think I'd only seen ballet as very serious face and you're very strict in your face, but then to see it like so elegant and beautiful with this stage presence, which to be able to captivate an audience when there's 150 people on stage and a huge audience. So uh, there's a special kind of performance gift that people have to have to not be lost among the scenery. Yep. So if you uh, wouldn't mind just telling what your dance training, where you grew up, what got you into that kind of a show, being a trained ballerina. Right. So going back to the very beginning, um, I grew up in Auckland, New Zealand. We came over to New Zealand when I was five. And I had this wee friend who was, who was petite and lovely and had long dark hair and, and everything. She used, to, she used to go to ballet class and would show me what, um, what she'd learned. So I'd go home and galump around the living room and force my grandparents to watch me. And my grandmother couldn't, couldn't bear it any longer. And she said, oh, let's send her to dance school so you know, we don't have to watch. So... Um, so I, I know, right? So I went and um, and found that I was good at it, you know. And and um, I my 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 teacher put me in for a couple of competitions. I wasn't allowed to do very many, but a couple of competitions. And she also um, did choreography for um, the light opera group and and pantomimes and things like that. So I found myself on stage and absolutely loved it um you know the fact that i could dress up and be a lovely ballerina or pandora uh, opening the box or or you know just just all sorts of different characters and not be the boring old me so um so anyway long story short we my mother brother and i went to um uh Sorry, my we, dog the squeaky toy uh, i wondered who that was Hey, I'm going to take the squeaky toy away because I want to hear it. And this is the fun of quarantine is, and I don't have an office or recording studio and I have two dogs. Anyway, as you were saying. As I was saying. So, so my mother, brother and I went back to, um, to Scotland to, to visit relatives and all that sort of thing. Cause we hadn't been back in 10 years. And I was a year ahead of myself at school. So, so it was a week after my 15th birthday that we left and I had done my um, school certificate, you know, the first thing before, before going on to university entrance. 
And um, so anyway, we got there. We we're going to be there for six months. So it was, well, what should we do? What shall I do for, for six months over there? And so I went full time to the Scottish Ballet School. They sent me down to the Royal Ballet School, who accepted me. And so um, my mother and brother went back to New Zealand and, and left me there. And there I was. Yeah, it was good. It was great. And that, that is not an easy school to be accepted into is what I've been hearing from my... Because I think well, in America, people don't really understand that standard. But that's, that's not an easy uh, school to be accepted in and take, taken in. No, no. You, you've got to be um, interesting and of, of a fairly high standard. And, and um, they, only, they only take in a, a small number every, every year. So, um, so that's why they left me. And my, my father, who was hoping desperately that I'd go to university, um, uh, went, oh, well, if you got into the Royal Ballet School, I guess we have to support you kind of thing. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Obviously, you you're all right at this dancing thing. So, yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was me on the way. And then, um, so I was training and, and loving London. It was, it was the last, um, it was the end of the 60s. Um, so it was a great time to be there. And um, uh, I danced with the Royal Opera Ballet and did classes with them and, and everything and did all the operas over a year. It was, it was great. So then, um, so then somebody had suggested that the, um, my dog's just walked in, that the, that the, um, uh, the Lido in Paris was looking for tall, classically trained girls and would I be interested? So I popped along for an interview and three days later I was in Paris and um, in um, rehearsals for a new show. Did you have any context of what the Lido was? Had you heard of it or knew what a bluebell? I heard of the, blue, the bluebells, yeah, because because um, they're famous um, in Britain and because they're British or yeah. were, you know, and um, and Europe, obviously they're 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 well known. So um, so it wasn't it wasn't difficult, you know. My parents went, oh yeah, they look after the the, the girls and all that sort of thing. So yeah, so there I was. Paris. Was there, was there a culture change, a culture shock as far as being in Paris, but also being in that type of show? Yes. You know anybody? Like, what was that like? Yeah, huge, huge culture shock. So, um, all of a sudden, you know, being fitted for all these jeweled bras and G's and and. fingers <laughs> on your head, you know, you can't, you can't sort of like spot or whip your head or anything like that. Um. And uh, and jazz, learning <laughs> learning jazz dancing on the spot, which was interesting. Oh, that was after, your first! Wow. After all that ballet, you know, I'd just done ballet, basically. So yeah, it was kind of it was very interesting. Mm. Do you feel like when you opened the show, did you feel like I've got this jazz thing down, or was that a struggle to really feel confident in those styles? Um. Um. By the time the by the time the the show opened, I was I was much more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Um, still, you know, very pulled up. It was it was difficult to sort of get, get down and and um, do things in, on bended knee and stuff. But um, but gradually, you know, and I had a I had a girlfriend 
who who was so good to me and and would um we'd get in front of the mirror and i'd just copy her like mad you know for the for the moves and that so she was really sweet obviously well even even that like i feel like a lot of people have the stories of someone who kind of like guided them when they came in i'm even just thinking my first time when someone just hands you a g-string that's open and tells you to put it on and they're all watching yeah. but then you're still trying to figure out like makeup is extreme in those shows and I don't I don't remember if anybody shows you or you just figured out by watching but you went from ballet which is also you know you can have the lashes but it's very different than showgirl makeup but do you yeah, remember yeah. so so that so what I had learned <laughs> at the Royal Ballet School was was old-fashioned ballet makeup and it was grease paint and um you know the 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 black and and all this sort of thing and for um uh for the shows it was it was a heavy day makeup with the with the red lips um, made made large so you could see them and 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 the the eyes big and and as round as possible and in those days we were doing twiggies underneath the um, oh yeah the eyes, well that's you know? a picture of you that I'm going to show with the with the feathers behind you that is the the bottom lashes too yeah yeah. Thing to learn too you're not just learning the show you have to figure out how to put those costumes on yeah and here's your makeup <laughs> good luck <laughs> yeah yeah well um yes and and i got to the point where where i could i could walk in and and put on my makeup be ready within 10 minutes you know just it was yeah really fast and easy how many years did you did you work at the lido i was there almost six years was that the same show or did they switch shows in that six years? Oh, they switched shows. So, so that was um, uh, six years, so three shows, because they changed them every two years in those days. Yeah. Money, because it was all real feathers and real um, fur. And, you know, that's and, and, and the shoes were made for you. you did, they weren't just bought off the shelf. They were actually, they made a last of your foot and and um clairvoy made them few is so lovely and um yeah so so um three shows and what they did was the old show became the second show so you do the the new show the first show at 10 o'clock or whatever yeah 10 o'clock and then the second show at, at midnight 30 yeah wow and so you're you're you gotta switch gears different show which probably keeps it exciting instead of like second show which That's number same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Did you um, decide it's time to go do something else or was something offered to you? Because I just remember back then there was, and even now, because I feel like the 60s is very different even from the 80s, that there, how much work there was available. But did you like, oh, I'm ready to see yeah. something? Well, well, the one thing was um, I, I, I started in the, um, in the Bluebells, obviously, and then decided that I needed to be out front. And so, um, so in that business, to to be out front and in the spotlight, um, uh, either you had to be very glamorous and very tall and be the 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 glam one, or uh, be the adagio partner. And and with all the ballet background and the and the partnering that I'd done, I loved working working with a partner. So. So this friend of mine, American um, Eric, we got together and worked on lifts backstage with the um, with the skating guy Teo at the time, and um, 
auditioned. And the interesting thing was, oh, I got to tell you about the audition. So, so we'd worked out this, this piece with all these high lifts and, and everything. And it was, it, it, we were petrified. Come to the last lift and we're both a bit tired. And it was the plank, which is, which is where you're above the guy's head and he's got you at the back of the neck and on the, um, on the thigh, on the top of the thigh and pushes you up above, above his head lying across. Okay hence plank and so um so i really pushed off knowing that he was tired and he really oh because knowing that you know he was tired and i ended up so i was i was up there and then he, it, i kept going and fell from up there and he was i don't know six foot two or something plus his arms straight down on my back <laughs> everyone oh. he walked away thinking he'd killed me and um, and I kind of went, I think I'm all right, and got up and perfectly fine. And I said, we have to do that lift again straight away before we lose our confidence. And we did and, um, and became the understudy adagio team. Oh, my gosh. That, yeah, that's like you have to know what you want in these shows because I feel like you can be a swing. There's things, but to be a principal, because I know people that almost would get there and not because it's, it's very hard position. Yeah. You have really able to do those lifts every single night if you're tired or not and yeah and plus plus you really have to have a um a, a great body in in paris um when you were doing that you just had uh body makeup and a and a g-string basically when you were doing all the all the lifts no tights or anything so so yeah so the body and everything the butt and all that kind of stuff had to be super super you know good looking good looking <laughs> well and i know you from hello hollywood so i want to hear eventually how that that journey got you there but the the pot of cease in um in the space number which that was just like a, a fabric pink strap a g-string and were you guys barefoot or ballet slippers? I feel like no. We had um, um, what do they call Hermes? Hermes. Hermes. Yeah. yeah, because I feel like that that piece because it was so naked, but it was so pretty. Because like, why would you put anything else on there? Because the lines were so beautiful. I think it was the most naked number I'd ever seen. Yeah. But it was so beautiful because it was the just how the bodies moved together. If you'd stuck yeah. some fluffy thing on there, it would have. Yeah, it would have spoiled the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have something to tell you about those Hermes. Remember those um, those holes in the in the stage that there were there were lights, plexiglass yeah. uh, in the stage, and and they were just a little bit. So it wasn't dead even. You had to kind of choose your space to do any pirouettes or anything. Um, well, one day I think we must have been doing center couple or something to have been right there. But anyway, I, I knelt back and, and pointing my toe like this, pulled off my big toenail. Oh! Completely, or almost completely. And um, kind of kept going with the, with, the, with the number because we had to, right. and dripping blood all over the place. And, and, got, and I didn't really feel it until I got off. And then I went, oh my goodness, that was pretty painful. And I had to do, I think I had to do a ballet two days afterwards. So I had to get the point shoes on pretty much straight away. So that was, oh. that was an interesting one. <laughs> oh, I can imagine point shoes on that. Yeah, that so was painful. Where did you go from the Lido? Did, oh yeah. So, so you're principal and you're doing, you know, the, 
partner. Yeah, so, so, so Lido, I, I sort of ran away um, from, from a situation and um, Bluebell took me to Hong Kong um, where I met Lizzie and, um, and the Australians as well. Yeah. And um, so we were principals in this, in this show in Hong Kong, 18 months. It was so fun. It was a re- it was a it was a really good good time, and it was still before the handover, um, so it was still British run, and and um, yeah, lots of parties and great social life in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah it was really fun. Was, was what was it like? Oh, it was quite a big show actually. Um, I'm just trying desperately to remember how many people were in it. Probably twenty five ish. So for for a touring show was yeah yeah that was it was um, quite a number, and a lot of the um, a lot of the costumes had been old Lido costumes and and sort of reworked numbers and and things like that, and I have a funny story to tell you about about that show too, because there was one there was one number where um, the boys it was a there was a big billiard table. And it was on casters, so it, so you know it could roll on and roll off easily. And the guys were all playing snooker or billiards or whatever, and I was the billiard ball. So it was turn, 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 and turn, 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 and it finished off with um with fuetes <laughs> on this on this billiard table, which they were doing like um cartwheels are, are going around, and the the darn thing would move like this while I was doing fuetes. Oh so my it, was, God. it was really, really interesting, you know, how what, you can adapt. What kind of shoes did you have on? I had uh, ballet shoes, I think. Ballet yeah. shoes. Yes. <laughs> wow. I can't, I can't picture, picture that working in, in heels, but... <laughs> no, no. Oh. So then from Hong Kong... Oh, yep. So then... Um, I went, a friend, a couple of friends um, had uh, started doing shows in a casino in West Point in Hobart in Australia. And so they asked me if I would go over and, and be their lead lady in this, um, in this show. And um, it was really, it was, it was, it was really lovely and a very, very nice experience, um, which was where I got the contract to go to um, Hello Hollywood. Hello. But the the funny thing is, in Australia, um, bandy in in British terms means um, bow legged, like you've been riding horses, like a cowboy, <laughs> and um, <laughs> nothing like my legs. But um, and 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 I think it actually came from a game that they play in um, Scandinavia. There's a there's a there's a game called bandy, and I and I have a feeling it came from that. But anyway. They were thinking, you know, bandy legs and everything. We can't have our principal lady with this name of bandy. So I actually had to change my name for the first time really? ever. Yeah. Oh. So, so I took um, my, gram- my paternal grandmother's name of Jordan. So I was Leslie Jordan for that year. Yeah, it was funny. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Because we don't want a bow-legged ballerina. Well, that's that right. would make, make them come to the show so they could see. <laughs> <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah. Isn't that funny? So you came into Hello Hollywood as the original cast. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, 1978, February. 
it was like the fourth or something like that. And um, we arrived and there was, we were wearing hard hats. There was snow coming in the back of the stage. It wasn't, it was totally not finished. And yeah, it was very exciting seeing all that, that come together. It was really good. Yeah. So do you remember that what that rehearsal period was like? And also like if you're a principal yeah. to well, rehearse? It was, it, it was just huge. Um, there were just so many, it was, the cast was 150 people or something when we, when we first opened. And um, I mean, just, just trying to get to know people and, and, and sort of work it all out and, and that. But, but we used to do class on, on stage and everyone, singers and everyone had to, had to, had to do class and, and, um, um, and, um, um, what's the face director, Don Arden would, would sit there and watch and mutter and yell at everyone and tell them they were only good enough to flush down the toilet and things. Even in class, it was, wow. That would be fascinating. <laughs> Cause even if you know you got that job, you don't know if he's gonna let you stay there. Did anyone ever, did anyone not make it through to the show with the rehearsals? Did, did anyone get canned? Uh, I think, it was, I have in the back of my mind that, 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 um, that somebody did get let go, but I, but I can't for the, I can't remember who or what or where, but I think most, most people made it. And, um, and he tended to pick on certain people in that. And, and, and after lunch, after he'd had a couple of martinis and we heard <gasps> in the microphone, everyone would duck and go, please not me, please not me, please not me. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. I mean, totally, totally unlike these days where you have to be so PC, you know. I mean, at, at, at that time, they could really tear you down um, if you, you know, had a large nose or a small chin or something, um, you'd be told about it in no uncertain terms and, and things like that. But there's something to be... I mean, that's not good, tearing people down and all that sort of thing. But there's something to be said for knowing why you don't get certain parts or, or you're not promoted or, or things like that. And at that time, they would say, we need you to be a blonde. Or um, if, if you get your nose fixed, you've got more of a chance to blah, blah, blah. Or you're never going to be a principal because quite honestly, you're too short or um, you better wear slightly higher heels because your legs are looking short in amongst everyone, you know, I mean, so, so you're actually told if there was something physically, not that you can do much about your physicality, but at least, you know, whereas these days, all they can say is, well, you're not right for us right now. And it's like, well, did I do something wrong? Am I not their type? You know? Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of an interesting dichotomy there. Wow. I don't think we could bring it back now. <laughs> no. Sorry, yeah. Work for me because I don't like your chin. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things when we had done the interview before, which I thought was really, uh, Fun, like we talked about how on the stage, you, there could be six classes going on because the stage is so big. So we would do an eight o'clock show and then we'd have two hours, which is a long time in between. Yeah. And I remember going to eat and still being able to take class. But I 
I mean, I come from a small studio and then like I took class in Vegas for two months before I moved to Reno. And so for me, this was just like Disneyland of which one should I choose? I could take African or tap or, or jazz. Yeah. So I feel like even in between shows, there was opportunity. And I remember taking class at Maggie Banks, but I know yeah. like a lot of you were very active outside of the show, which it, it lends itself to a lot of freedom and a lot of opportunity. Yeah. So, so um, some of those things on stage were, were actual classes and then there were other things going on. So there was a, there was a group that um, were working with university on, on shows. So they'd be rehearsing um, a musical somewhere and then we'd be rehearsing Giselle or some ballet in, an, in another um, corner. And uh, then we were doing concerts as well. We put on, on our, our, um, primarily dance concerts and that and and um so people were choreographing uh, jazz and tap and all sorts of things and so there was yeah there was always something going on it was a very exciting place to be with that group of people it was amazing and then you were very involved in the ballet world because didn't you yeah. do nightmare and other things that yep how time and so energy the, so the first the first year we were there um I had this partner, Rodney Smith, who was a principal with the Australian Ballet and with Stuttgart and stuff. And, and he um, and I heard about the Nevada Opera putting on Nutcracker. And I went, Rodney, we should go along and, and um, audition. It'd be so fun to do the ballet and, and everything. So we did. And um, uh, Maggie said, oh my gosh, where are you, where are you guys from? You know, and, and um, so, we started taking class with her and, and did um, Sugar Plum and Cavalier that year. But we were trying to keep it quiet because we had exclusive contracts. And, um, uh, and somebody found out and, and it went in the newspaper that dancers from um, MGM show were doing the Nutcracker and wasn't this great and everything. And we're going, oh, no, we're going to be fine. But, um, but in actual fact, uh, whoever was CEO at that time was a wonderful man and, and let us, um, uh, let us do the, let us do the ballet. And then in the end, they, they formed a ballet company there. And, um, so, you know, we did Giselle and Cinderella and, um, La Sophie and Gaty Parisienne and just all sorts of stuff and a big gala with Anne Margaret and Juliet Prowse and, and that, and yeah, really, really good memories. Mm. Well, that's so good. Cause you get to have like your paid gig. You don't have to be out there hustling for work, Yeah, but you still keep your ballet world. I feel like, well, that's such a, a wonderful, yeah. Ballet. You have to uh -huh. sacrifice one for the other. Exactly. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a really super, super time. Yes. And oh, then, I was just going to say, then I went to um, Vegas to sort of round out the career. And there was a, um, um, a company down there called Opus that did uh, same thing. They, they got, um, there were, of course, there were more shows in, in Vegas. So, so all the, the serious dancers sort of came together and, and um, we did concerts down there as well, which was, which was super, yeah. It sounded like it was never, um, it was never boring. I remember cool. Doyle, I think it was, he was putting like comedy shows together. And I remember yeah. like always something you could go see on your day off or 
but to, yeah, because there were so many people doing things outside of the show. So yeah. instead of stagnant, I feel like there was always something being created and people got to keep that part of them fresh. Yeah. And there are people that were teaching in the daytime. Just, you know, and I remember Yuri, which I'm very sad he's no longer with us, but he was my partner in um, dis, uh, Living Curtain. Uh -huh. And go take his class. And I don't think I'd ever been exposed to that style either. Like his lyrical, that would make me cry and feel things. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? But yeah. I, I, it was people in the show that were active and they also could bring in the performance part and the technique. And they were from, that's the whole thing I love so much about the show is international. Like even though yeah. everybody speaks the same language in ballet, there's still something of the different ways people teach and the yeah. different styles that it was, there was always something to learn. You were never done. Yeah. I had um, I had a lovely relationship with um, with Yuri. We we sort of we did we did a lot of uh, work together, and um, it, it just kind of felt things the same. And and we even went down to um, oh over to California at one point and did a concert over there. And and um, yeah, I missed him when I left. Yeah, beautiful dancer, very sweet sweet man. Yeah. How long did you do the show? How long were you in Hello Hollywood? Did you close? No, 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 no. I was there till uh, mid '86. In fact, I have a thing on the on the back of my uh, bathroom door. It's a Leslie Bandy Day, 25th of May, 1986, and I left um, just after that. There. So you had your own day. I had my own day. <laughs> wow! Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> oh so that was, was that like okay i've done enough here it's time to go or was it like what's the next adventure because i think when we interviewed before you like i've never been to the states i should probably dance in the states sometime yeah. like it was like, well, yes. that's the and the funny thing was that w that when i decided to go to the states for a year which ended up 11 years or something um <laughs> i th i thought at the time you know that that uh well getting well into my 20s and that sort of thing I should start to think about stopping well I, I actually danced until I was almost 40 I was 39 something and um so so the career was really really long one I was lucky two I I worked at it um I was in class every day and and that sort of thing and I think the the thing that helped also was that I was doing all sorts of different types of dancing so we're doing the show um, in heels some of the time and um, ballets and con contemporary pieces that people were choreographing on me so so doing all sorts of things your body didn't get regimented into to one type of thing which which yeah. helped a lot I reckon so um, when I stopped dancing I came back to New Zealand uh, for I think it was about 18 months, but, but I was, I was, I was 40. I still had the world to conquer in a different way. Yeah. So I came back to, um, I came, I started uh, choreographing some stuff and I actually choreographed the Miss New Zealand pageant here for TV and, and, and that kind of thing. But, but I went back to um, Vegas and MGM, they were going through this weird thing in Vegas at the time that they were, opening sort of families and things like that. Remember that. <laughs> Not didn't last. Brilliant idea was that. But, um, uh, but they opened MGM behind uh, the hotel, opened up a 33 acre theme park. And so um, myself and, and another guy, dancer as well, 
um, were in, suddenly in charge, I was entertainment manager, <laughs> in charge of four, four theatres, one outside theatre, um, characters, you know, like Minnie Mouse and that kind of thing, but, but, but um, um, MGM characters, um, dancers and singers that were all, you know, did, did street performances in different areas. We had a drug-free program that went around the schools. We did um, corporate events in the park, entertainment. We did a um, big Halloween thing where the whole park became um, Halloween and I was Halloween queen. Um, I did everything from making blood to, um, to putting shows together. Um, it, was, it was huge. We had mazes and, and I, I used to work middle of the night, I'd grab a couple of hours underneath my desk and then get up and, and go again. I mean, you wouldn't be allowed to do that these days, but, <laughs> but, but just, to, we, we, it was so exciting, you know, we were just doing absolutely everything and, and the whole theme park was our playground basically to put out stuff, entertainment. So that was really good. Yeah. And were you missing dance or was this just, this was really a fun new thing. So it wasn't like a, oh, I, you know, I think, I think because I, I stopped when I decided that I didn't want to start going downhill and for people to go, Oh, remember when she was nice. <laughs> you know. So, so it was, it was my decision and that was that, that was fine. Good. And um, so then it was time to jump into something else. Ooh. And I, I, I think I'm one of those people that, that do that anyway. It's like, okay, so this opportunity comes along, right, let's do it and work out how the heck to make it happen when you get in there. And I think dancers, talking to your, your young'uns, um, are very good at that because they're used to working with other dancers. So they, they're usually easy to get on with and, and they're open to, to try new things because choreographers and teachers are all different and giving you new stuff to do. So I think if you have an open, open mind and, um, and are ready just to go for the adventure, I think you can do almost anything and learn along the way. They yeah. were really good. MGM was really good actually because they had um, uh, classes for um, new management people, HR and all that kind of thing that, that helped you along. So yeah, it was good. And then I went to, um, uh, I think I went to Hawaii after that with a really great show called Waikiki Ne. And it didn't um, last very long, unfortunately, but it was absolutely brilliant. There were um, uh, French uh, Canadian creatives the producers were American and then the, um, the performers were mostly Hawaiian. And so it was kind of interesting keeping all those, all those cultures yeah. speaking to each other. And <laughs> I was production stage manager and it was, it was, it was a lovely, it was a lovely time and loved Honolulu and Hawaii and all that it was really, really great. Um, then I went to, oh, I know what I did. I came back to, um, uh, to New Zealand to open Sky City, which was a new casino. And I opened the entertainment department and the theater there. That's what I did. 
then came back, then went to Hawaii, then um, uh, then came back uh, Vegas again. Project managed um, um, Halloween for the theme park. Then I went as project manager to Universal Studios in Florida and project managed um, ha uh, Halloween and Mardi Gras, which are their two huge, huge events. Um, then I went back to Reno to artistic director for um, the ballet there. Then I went back to Vegas and um, uh, corporate events, choreographed, uh, put together, directed, whatever was necessary for corporate events. And then finished off, oh, then I went, <laughs> I forgot about this last time. I went touring with the Chippendale Boys. What? I know. <laughs> I know. So, wow. so internationally. So I was, I was the production stage manager and we went all around the UK, all around Germany, um, South America, uh, all across the States with these, with these gorgeous young men. Oh, nice. and what was your job? Hey? What was your job with them? Uh, production stage manager. Production stage manager. Yep. Oh, how fun. I'm, you know what? I'm glad we re-recorded -re this because there's some stories that weren't in the first one that I'm glad <laughs> are in this one. <laughs> oh, how fun. I like it's so fun just you just like, memories that pop up so it doesn't have to be linear like your story just feels like I'm gonna go do this and I'm gonna move to a totally different country or a different place I'm gonna take on this thing that's not what I've been doing before I, I just love your adventurous spirit like you just like we'll do this and it sounds like they're all successful because well, if you know what production looks like you don't want someone who just went to school to do that you want someone who's actually experienced the backstage yeah. on all that so you you see a bigger picture. I think that there's some people that are more detailed, which is yeah. great, but if you can do both. That's a rare skill and to be able to manage people. Well, you know, the other thing is that um, I really, I really liked the technicians as well. When, when, when I was working in, in shows, I always knew who was actually doing lighting and, and, and chatted to the, to the guys backstage. And when I was doing <laughs> When I was doing the ballets, one of my my things that I did before a show to kind of help calm myself was, was go across the stage with a broom and just, you know, like sweep the stage. And the, and the crew would say, Leslie, we've cleaned the floor. And I went, yeah, yeah, I know, but I just have to, you know, do this thing to calm me down. Yeah. So, so I always got on, on well with the with the production crew and that which, which um, and which one helped me later on, but, but two, you need to appreciate all those people that are making you look good on stage. Absolutely. The, the wardrobe people and, and the people that are cleaning the stage in the horse shit and, and um, the people that are lighting you so beautifully and um, uh, people that are looking after your safety when things are going up and down and, and, and calling cues and all that sort of thing. So, so there's another, there's another thing. Look after your, look after all your people, the, the dancers and the actors and all those people. Yeah. They're the ones that people remember, but it's all those other people that are making you look good and, and helping you do your craft. Yeah. Well, by your suggestion, I just did an interview with Lou All Allard and Greg Hoff. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. Hear their story, and their stories like 
that's crazy the things they were responsible for. Yeah. And that's really fun to hear their takes. I remember watching that and just like, get out of the way, be careful. But also like when you're waiting to go on stage, you just watch the fly rail. And yeah. that's mesmerizing of how everything is dependent on everything. If something goes wrong, but yeah, how, how that, that crew was also really, really fun. Yeah. yeah. But dancers miss that opportunity. Like I've seen at musical theater, they're kind of, you know, how they treat people backstage or they're not, they're not seeing how intricate, you know, this all, everything has, has to work for everybody to have a great show. Yeah. And if you are paying attention, that's helping you to be a better performer and a better human. And also it's going to help you to be able to organize those things. So if you only know your one thing you do, that's not super helpful. That's right. That's right. And, and if you, if you're, if you're someone like me that, that dots off and, and does other things afterwards, then, then you, you have to be able to, to see the whole picture as well as what's happening and look after everyone when you're on tour, you know, yeah. so it's, a bit, it, it's a biggie. And some of my, some of my adventures were not so wonderful. Yeah. But, <laughs> At least I'm able to sit back now and go, well, sit back. I wish there was time um, uh, to sit back now and, and, uh, and become an old lady, maybe hopefully, and um, be able to go, well, you know, I lived my life and, and, and like, and there's not, there's not a time when I could say, man, I wish I'd just gone there or done that to see what it would have what would have happened or what what it would have been like and that so yeah it's good do you ever take any jobs that were like just like even they make good stories when they're bad but they're you're like this this is really not what i wanted to be doing some some of them had some of these had some um some bad times to them oh. and i don't like to to dwell on those yeah. it's more the it's more the the fun things and the good stuff that you get out of them that's yeah but just know sometimes you know taking a job that was like wow okay that's a good story for later <laughs> but it's not necessarily you could also be in a really wonderful show and still have hard parts of your life in the midst yeah. of the beautiful frame yeah. so that's definitely part of all of our stories is exactly the beauty and the things that are real life that are happening when you go home or yeah so dance was still popping in there though. Like even though you were doing this administrative and, and leadership and management, you were still choreographing and you were, Oh, dance kept popping back in there. Yep. Dance kept popping back in there. And, and the, the gigs that I liked the most were the ones where I was working with dancers cause they're my people, you know? So, um, and I, and I've kept it on now. I've just started a dance company, a project to project dance company and working on choreography and grants and, all that stuff yeah so you have some upcoming things that i wanted to make sure when we put it in the in the link because i want to follow it because can i can i ask how old you are because i know you gave it away that you were dancing yeah yes yeah. so so i'm uh, i was born in 51 and i'm 68 right now i'll be 69 in november and you're still conquering the world that's what it's so fun yes. is like when you're like hey there's so much more life to do because i feel like a lot of people i just turned 60 that a lot of 60 year olds are like you know, I'm, I've got my recliner, <laughs> I got my 401k. It's like, oh, but there's so much more life. Yep. So, well, I'm, I'm right at the moment, <laughs> I'm going to Pilates and doing um, ballet class because there's a choreographer coming in on Sunday who's the resident choreographer for the, for the Royal New Zealand Ballet. 
and he's coming in to set a, an intergenerational duet between myself and um, this gorgeous ballerina who's 25. So, so I wanted to at least find a few muscles so I could stand on one <laughs> foot and, 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 and sort of move around at least a bit, even if I can't dance, dance. So that's going to be interesting. Then I'm choreographing this piece um, called Grooves. And because of my, you know, being a teenager in the, in the late 60s and 70s and stuff, um, uh, classic rock is my, is my thing. Yes, I love girl. Floyd <laughs> and all that. So I'm, I'm choreographing to several uh, pieces and um, that plus our duet, plus a part de deux that I'm doing to um, a, a piece. Uh, it's a song called Captured by somebody here that's well-known, Vic Runga. And um, making that into a triple bill that hopefully will be um, touring around small places that the, the, the ballet ballet can't get to and, um, and to arts festivals and that kind of thing. And then I'm working with a... Um, a, a New Zealand composer on a ballet, a 45 minute ballet, um, under the Pahutakawa tree, which is an iconic tree here for summer and everything. So, so that'll be really interesting. I've never actually worked with the music being put together with my ideas of dance. So, so that's really exciting. And then at the end of the year, I have Nutcracker that I'm doing really collaboratively with, with um, artists, local artists doing um, the sets and, and props and um, uh, students, obviously, from the whole region because I'm not teaching, so I'm not a threat to any studios or anything. Um, professional dancers coming in and also the Chinese community to do the uh, Chinese dance, the Indian community to do another thing that... that um, that I have in there. And um, yeah, so that'll be a big one, exciting as well. Is there a way to see that? And, I, and also, can you tell what your website is? I'm gonna oh, call yeah. it Leslie Bowlegs. Is that what it is? <laughs> right. So, so I have two websites. Um, my personal one is lesliebandy.com, L-E-S-L-E-Y. B-A-N-D-Y, LeslieBandy.com. And my, um, my dance company one is PrimarilyDance.com. PrimarilyDance.com. Yeah. I want to see Everything's both there. of those. I, I, I'm so excited. So maybe when it comes out, if you, I don't think you're ever on, I never see you on Facebook, but maybe you can just shoot me a message so I can watch if there's a way to yes. see right? So, but as we're getting ready to wind up here, because yep. um, I, I knew you were in your 20s. When I, yeah, because you're eight years older than I, I was 20 when I was on the show. You're 28 when yeah. I came in. Like yourself then, I know like where you're the same person, but being a creative now with all your, does it feel different? Like how you choreograph and create and how you see things or is it like, you know, what life experience brings in there? Or? I, um, I think so. I think because of all the dance, all the dancing that I've done and and choreographed and all the entertainment experiences that I've had, I think all that stuff comes together. It was like I was talking to the costume designer yesterday on Zoom and I said, now, now think about this. 
I said, I know that, that usually dance companies, ballet companies, they, they want either tutus or like leotard and tights and not much more because they, the, the dancing is the thing. I said, but a lot of my background is entertainment. So, so they have to be able to move, dance, do lifts and all that sort of thing, but it's entertaining. So, so I want things that are, that are really going to stand out and help tell the story or, or the images that, that we're trying to put together. So I think that's all part of it. Yeah. You know what it's like to be on both sides of that. Yeah. Yeah. I just love your enthusiasm and your passion. And I am not sorry that I deleted the last interview because I got to do it again. Um, yeah. You're just a delightful person. And I, when we had a reunion in Paris this last summer, I seriously was back to being, when I was doing the show, like, oh, Leslie Patty. And then I saw that Liz Elliott and you were both singing. Yeah. I did the same thing because she was the big, on all the marquees, like the beautiful yeah. face of him. So when you guys were both at the same table, I came up there and I felt like, you know, like when you're in high school and it's the seniors, like, can I please have a picture with you? Because I was so happy to see you guys. I really did look up to you. And I think you were a really great role model because there's a lot of dancers in the show. But when you see the principals of their work ethic and their performance, it really does set a standard. They're like, this is possible. So I, I know you were a huge inspiration to me. So to get to see you at the reunion. I may have gushed a little bit like a, like a teenager. <laughs> that, was, that was so fun, the reunion, wasn't it? It was amazing. It was, I'm still on a high, that's why I'm doing the podcast. It really inspired me because everybody has a story and they're all wonderful stories. There's overlap and there's things that are unique to each one. Yeah. But I think it's a way just to, to help connect us all too, because Bluebells are listening to this. And I've interviewed like three or four so far that are in the Lido show now while they're in quarantine waiting, but they're like, they're liking this too, because some of them actually really do know the history. And so this is fun yeah. thing for all of us to, to go. They're still going, they're still keeping that going. And we have this legacy that is alive and well and yeah. At 68, if you're still you're still choreographing and creating, yeah, there's still stuff to do. There's and it's really inspiring because I think when people are done dancing, it can be like really, it's a hard reality if you didn't choose yeah. it. There's so many ways you can still keep that part of you alive. Well, and and the other thing, the other thing is when um, because everyone takes different paths and want to do different things. I always wanted to be to do with dance and 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 entertainment and all that so that's 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 a me thing but um i remember quite a lot of people while we were doing the shows were going to university some you know um, became lawyers or accountants or you know business managers and and things like that so so yeah yeah Don't just think there's dancing and then what the heck do i do it's like okay there's a whole world of stuff and experiences to do well this has been delightful and i look forward to following your works of art for the next 30 years um, i'm sure you'll you'll still be creating so leslie thank you for doing the redo because it was super fun for me to get to see you again and i will see you in paris or somewhere or i'll just pop down to new zealand to come see the show hey yeah that's somewhere I need to go. I just have always wanted to go there. So um, take care of yourself. I love you, friend. I'm so glad I um, got to have two different times with you. Good. See you again. Bye, Leslie. Take care.